Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Marketing Agility Podcast. It is a brisk December morning here in Boston, and we're back on the calendar, Roland. I know. It's awesome. And uh, I'll say there was a lot of frost on the ground when I went for a run this morning here, too. So we've got our very thin mini version of winter happening here, Frank. (laughs) Well, we also have an inbound guest today. I'm excited to bring on Bill Cashard today. Uh, so Bill came in through the website, which is fantastic. We always like it when, when people do that. Bill is the director of marketing at Service Rocket. He is also the author of a book called The Art of Agile Marketing. I haven't had a chance to read the book yet, but I noticed that it speaks to how Agile can transform the marketing group in from being a cost center to a profit center, which is an idea that I can certainly get behind. Excellent. And I'm trying to put to play in my own world. So we're excited to bring Bill on. Should we dial him in? Sure, let's ring him up. Hey, Bill, you there? I am, yes. Hey, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here, guys. Yeah, and Bill, you're just uh, you're in my neck of the woods. You're based out in Palo Alto, right? Yes, aren't you up in Marin County? I am. I am. Although I am now in the city during the days because since our last podcast, actually, Frank, I I left Oracle and I joined a very cool company called Pantheon. And actually, I'm not going to get into it right now, right now, but uh, Pantheon is a platform that helps marketers operate in a more agile fashion. So more on that later. Today, we want to talk a little bit about the work that you're doing, um, Bill, and maybe you can start just by telling us about Service Rocket. What's the focus of the company? Yes, Service Rocket is in the software adoption business. I mean, we help software companies get software adopted. Now, you can look at that in a few ways. For a fast-growing software company, usually early stage, they're looking, when they're focusing on the product, they're looking for help with services, with education, with implementations, with support. Um, so we help them do that. Um, one of our main products is a is an LMS. The software companies you know put on their website and sell their training. And then on the enterprise side, on the buy side of this software, you know people buy this software like Jira or others, and you know they want it. They want help figuring out how to set it up properly in the way that they work, so they can actually get something out of it and get the most out of the investment. So we help them do that as well. So I'll ask you the obvious question we ask all our guests. So what what was what was that aha moment when you started to think, hey, wait a second, Agile plus marketing? My early couple of years at Service Rocket, I was uh, running the training services P&L. And on the side, I was writing, basically writing the blogs and the eBooks. Um, and so I was managing the flow of the content on our website. And that's actually how I got into marketing in the first place. But I would come in, this is a typical kind of a scenario. I'd come into the office and I'd say, oh, maybe I should write a blog today. Or, oh, I guess I need to get out a newsletter today. And so I didn't really have a way of, except for a to-do list and Evernote or something silly like that. Um, and I saw what our consulting team was doing with these boards, specifically these Kanban boards. And I said to Matt Dorr, who was one of our uh, lead consultants at the time, I says, can you make that for me? And he set up this board in Jira for me with a simple workflow of in progress, in review, and mm-hmm. published, and all that stuff. And instantaneously, I knew exactly whether I had something in progress or not, whether I had too much in progress, whether I had 10 ideas or no ideas. And all of a sudden, my work became predictable. Mm-hmm. And not that I implemented it perfectly at first, it took me a while to like figure out 
you know, the, the right way and tune it up and tweak it and start using swim lanes and all the, all this fancy stuff. But I mean, instantly I knew exactly how to get a blog out once a week kind of a thing. Were you a team of one at that time? At that time, yes, because there was no marketing team. So that was a simple personal thing I could have done with sticky notes on a whiteboard, right? But yeah, at the time, we grew to a team of seven marketing mm-hmm. team. And then you know, we did a lot more stuff. We did Scrum and all that. But at the time, it was just... And as we built onto the team, we put more and more of our marketing tasks on that same board, plan a webinar or get out some ads on Facebook or all those usual stuff you do. What were the things that you ran into as you scaled up from being a one-person team to being a seven-person team, separating the work you were doing. I, I also think it's just worth noting that you're using Jira. Most marketers don't yeah. start with Jira, right? Correct. I personally love Jira. Um, I've spent the last at least four years using Jira, so I can relate, but uh, it's not the most common setup no. for marketers. Yeah, <laughs> No, it's not. That's kind of why I also wrote the book to sort of communicate that you know, Jira is not just for software developers, nor is Agile for that matter. So talk a little bit about how do you get from one to seven? What did that look like from a process perspective? Yeah. And, and when you, and we went, and when we went from one to seven, we start to specialize, right? So the social media marketing team is over there and the website team is over there and the content people. So we did put mostly everything on that, on that board. And of course you can imagine the left-hand column having hundreds of issues. I mean, our marketing team was, we put everything in Jira. We had an idea. Mm-hmm. We would say, let's put it in Jira. And so that became unwieldy, but basically we put everything in there and it became way too much to manage. It was a major distraction with that big old long line of tasks that could be 300 issues, right? Now, what do you work on next? Uh, and we did some things with filters in Jira. So you only can see certain things and all that. Okay. But we started talking about Scrum as a way of separating out the work um, because you can have different projects running separately. And it all started with a, an event. We wanted to plan an event, a small customer summit and with you know 30 people in the room. And we did that in Scrum, a simple Scrum on a whiteboard. We, we literally get, went into the training room and covered the whole whiteboard with uh, sticky notes and in the backlog, and we did weekly sprints, and we planned out that event. And then we thought, well, why don't we do this for everything? Because it was kind of easy. You know, Scrum isn't that hard. The hard part is the discipline, not really the process. And it was just, I, it was so easy to see what we were going to do that week and to focus our energy once a week to plan out what we're going to do that week. Um, and oh my gosh, we have to send out the f- food order. And oh my gosh, we have to, you know, send out the second email to invite people. And so you know what you're going to be doing that week. And so we started then setting up our own Scrum board. We created our own Jira instance for our marketing team. So we spent, you know, 1200 bucks on that and um, had one of our consultants help us set up the boards the way we wanted. And we made a ton of mistakes, (laughs) but we got to a point where we had um, our entire marketing team, all seven of us were doing Scrum. We were putting all of our work on that board, we were doing the weekly planning meetings, daily standups. Uh, that we did a retrospective at the end of the week. Uh, we did it when well, we didn't do everything. You know, we didn't do story points and things, but 
every all the work we did was in this place and we all knew what we were all working on and when people were stuck we'd help them and when people didn't finish half their tasks you know like like normal we go why didn't we do that why do we overplan and we it's not uncommon that we hear in our from our other guests on the podcast that they start small pick a project and go right uh, I, my oh, personal experience is very similar and you know that's the advice i often give to people is don't try and do the entire marketing team all at once because it's the as the metaphor goes boiling the ocean um, so true. give me a sense i mean now you're at a point where how many scrums do you have going at the same time we do one big just one, one. Okay. One yeah. big one. We do everything. We just put everything in it. What's a big one? Like five people, eight people, 12 people? Oh, um, six. Of the seven, it's mostly six people, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you know, my team, my go-to-market team that I uh, that I have, I have we have three teams around my marketing, my current environment, but the one team that I'm most involved in, the go-to-market where I play product owner, we've been through a few incarnations of, hey, this team's getting big. We, we splintered off one group in account-based marketing. Yeah. And, then, and then now the conversation started again with, we were talking around events. Do we, do we break off events and give them their own group as well? I mean, do you guys had those kinds of conversations? Actually we are at this moment because um, yesterday, figuratively speaking, our marketing team was like shared services for the whole company. And we're moving to a model where each business unit sort of does its own marketing. So it's very localized. We don't call it field marketing, but it's kind of like that. And so we are talking about of our four business units, should they just run their own marketing and then, okay, now how are we going to track the work? Should we just take this scrum uh, and this Jira instance that we have and break it off into four projects or should everyone get their own Jira instance? So yeah, we're, we're figuring that out right now. And part of the problem is that a couple of the business unit marketing teams are only going to be like one person for now. All right. So it doesn't make sense to do anything too fancy for that. But yeah, I mean, you can't like run, the, you know, we're not going to do scrum of scrums. I mean, good grief. That's too much to handle. But um, I mean, we are having those conversations right now for sure. So what happens when you have projects that are running across your functional areas? Do you have functional areas defined? It kind of sounds like you did. You mean in, oh, in marketing, like content yeah. marketing and your, um, yeah, yes, we do. And sort of that's kind of dissolving now into the business unit focused marketing, but um, yeah, we had the social media marketing person and the website person and all. So even when the website person was updating things on the website, that person had to rely on the content marketing person to get stuff on it. And so mm -hmm. to have those people in the same scrum process made a lot of sense because if a task was planned to, I don't know, update the, the design of the blog and maybe add a widget to explain something, um, a subtask or some task would have to be made, hey, who's going to write that copy? And, and if I had to deliver this by Thursday, I need you to deliver the writing to me by Tuesday. So it worked extremely well for us because nobody, you know, the social media team didn't work by themselves. They had to pull from all the, what, 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 I mean, what are they sharing except the content, I guess. So they had to, or the events for that matter. So the, the fact that the social media team knew that these events were being planned and worked on a webinar or whatever, um, they could plan their work and we planned them together. So I knew if I'm writing the copy that I had to deliver something to the social media team to, to do some things, Twitter or whatever. So it worked really well for us to be cross-functional like that. So looking ahead, let's say that, you know, your business is, is doubles next year. You're going to have yeah. to grow your team to be able to support that. 
How do you see the current model that you've set up expanding? Does once you have to break out of a single a single backlog or a single scrum team, where where do you go from there? I'm seeing two things. One for sure, they're each for us business unit will have its own, and you know we're going to probably let them choose their own methodology, but their own Jira and their own Kanban or Scrum process. Um, and then their own, so if it's Scrum, they'll have their own person acting as the Scrum master and running it. And then from a corporate level, so that we can see visibility, like at the executive team level, I'd want to be able to see across all of those projects or instances to know what is happening. So I could see a place where we're all working in the same JIRA, but they have their own projects. And we might do something like JIRA portfolio to see uh, at a higher level how all of these projects are going, what the velocity is like and, and what the speed is and um, what kind of tasks are being planned and when things are being delivered. And it can. I think that, uh, and we haven't done this yet, but a JIRA portfolio uh, could help us then do some top level down planning and just to estimate what's possible across business units, especially when we're forecasting. We need to forecast uh, bookings you obviously have to go up into the funnel and find out, well, how many leads and MQLs and all this jazz you need to plan for. And then you need to do that by a business unit. <clears throat> so that gets pretty complex. But I think Jira Portfolio could help us plan the kinds of things we need to plan, webinars, events, ad campaigns, content, whatever, to get to those funnel metrics. Going forward... I mean, what are the things that you feel like are challenges that you're trying to improve on in your agile process? Oh, for one is 100% estimating, uh, knowing what our velocity is, and in, in English, knowing how much work we can do in a sprint and make that as predictable as possible. That was kind of one of the mistakes we made, and I wrote about this in the book, that we didn't do, we didn't do estimating and story points and all that jazz. Because it just, frankly, it just seemed like way too much work in a sprint planning meeting to also say, gosh, is that an eight or a five? Oh my gosh. And then, you know, have to argue about that. Uh, that just wasn't going <laughs> to, that wasn't going to happen. But uh, the consequence of that is that, and the beauty of Scrum is that you can get to a place where you can predict, oh, we can do this much work in a sprint. And if there are four people on the team and we can do this much work per person, you need to get to a place like that. And so we need to improve that big time. I think the second thing we need to improve is writing stories. You know, we're still writing tasks. Like I need to write chapter one of a white paper this week instead of writing it as a story that's more customer focused. It's very interesting writing stories because when I've gone through the process of playing around with writing stories, it's like for the sales rep who wants to sell more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a certain amount of this. Some places the stories really work great. I mean, they really work well when it's something that's market facing. I just, my challenge has always been when it's like an enablement kind of thing, like a new data sheet or, well, uh, you know, yeah. some kind of, you know, sales tool, the stories don't work quite as well. I mean, how do you get around that? Or do you just, you know, gr grin and bear it and you say, you know what, this is the, this is the way we're going to tell the story of, of, of how we're delivering value to whether it's internal customers or external customers? You know, we're not that uh, disciplined and, you know, I am an uncertified scrum master, so I'm not going to, we're not going to, it's not our personality to be stickler like that. But we do think that if we write stories like that, especially for 
content or the website or for social media when we're trying to put because it's easy in marketing to forget about customers less so when you're in sales or in some kind of a service role but it's kind of easy for us to forget about customers and just do tasks and just think lead 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 and that's not a good place to be because you're actually because especially because the kind of marketing we do is is very content marketing and educational marketing my background is in education so our marketing is sort of helpful and educational and so the more we can give people value in our marketing, right? Help people do things in our marketing. We think we build trust. And so we should write stories for most of what we do in that context, mm-hmm. but it's not easy. You know, it's sort of like you have to change the way it's so easy to just write a task and move yeah. on with your life. Right. No question about it. I mean, someone, yeah, yeah. someone, someone needs a data sheet or someone's own needs a blog post. <laughs> exactly. So I think is how do you connect the dots from the top down? Like, you know, the vision part of it where you, you know, from vision of the organization to epics to, you know, stories and ultimately tasks. I mean, is there, who plays, maybe that's a slightly different question, but there's who's plays product owner, but then also who plays kind of executive sponsor? I don't think, I don't think, you know, our, our, our hierarchy isn't quite that, um, um, I, I isn't quite that in depth. So I, up until now, I've been playing scrum master, and the executive sponsor, right? I've been doing sort of both roles in that sense. And then depending on the our, when we've had a, a product owner, we treat that as the functional, the marketing functional owner, right? So if the product, we would consider the product in our case, uh, social media. In other words, we don't have product marketing as a role for one, right? So we consider content marketing as the product we're putting out and we consider, which is the podcast or the webinars, and we consider the website a product and so the functional owner is the product owner, right? So it's not quite as strict as bringing in the product management team in, you know, to guide us on how we should be selling the product. Because most of our marketing is not product focused. It is content focused. Or just the simple question of how do you tie what you're do- your epics and your high level themes with the business strategy? I mean, is this, this is something clearly you're doing it, but do you uh, right. meet with your, I don't know who your boss is, the CEO or a CMO and talk priorities and then you pull it down to prioritizing the epics? I'll give you an example. I mean, my team, I have a master kind of epic list and I use this really, really sophisticated prioritization model. I learned at MIT. It's called ABC. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We try to, you know, I try to get all the epics into one page, onto one page, and then sort it by thirds, and then I provide that to the team as, as an input to the sprint planning process. Mm-hmm. That at least gives them the ability to, like, my content person can say, "Gee, I know someone's hounding me on this, but it's a B priority or a C priority." So that becomes something. It's a conversation during our sprint planning process. The, the tiebreakers are the hard thing. You know how it is in marketing. There's excess demand for marketing. There's always way yep. more things you can do than the time and resources and budget you have available. So I guess the question I'm coming back to is how do you align corporate strategy and prior, you know, game, corporate strategy with short-term tasks and priorities? It's not quite as disciplined or glamorous as A, B, and C, but we, we plan annually as an executive team, right? And then uh, we continue that qu- on a quarterly cadence to stay on track. So, and with OKR process, we do that too. So mm-hmm. every quarter, uh, we're meeting with the business unit owners, you know, the general managers is the title we're using these days, um, to stay 
up on, hey, is this still the product? Say, for example, in our consulting business, we might be selling or focusing on certain uh, products uh, and the consulting services around those products. So in the in the Atlassian world, that might be you know migrating people to a data center, you know, for larger enterprises. So if that's a focus, then everything we're trying to do is communicating that. And that us- those kinds of things usually change every two or three quarters. So we're not moving, we're not jumping around that much to terms of doing that. But it's not quite as formal as, as you might think. It's quarterly meeting. It's, uh, it's Look, you have goals, right? You have an OKR yeah. and, you have, and you have talking with your strategists. And that's your, correct. Stakeholders. And that, that's, you answered my question. Thanks. I mean, I wish I say that sort of in, maybe in a modest way or, or in a way that says, you know, I wish we did it a lot better <laughs> than the way you're asking it, you know, but mm-hmm. I mean, there is obviously some of that going on. We try hard to, to you know, to stay focused, <laughs> which is why, you know, we wanted to do Scrum to help us be focused. So when you talk about the Scrum as a method, does that mean that you're actually doing like time box releases or are you releasing things when they're done more in a sort of continuous deployment? approach. So let's take an example of producing a webinar. So we might plan a webinar over six weeks, right? So maybe we're doing three or four, two week sprints or something. So it's not like after the first sprint, we're producing a, an MVP webinar, you know, to an audience. Um, But what we're doing is breaking that up and saying, what work can be delivered in the first two, in the first sprint. So that might be booking the guests, writing up a description of the line and sort of coming up with the concept and the description of the webinar, and then show that to our stakeholders, which might be the business unit owner and say, is this the kind of webinar you're looking for? And they say, yes. Or they say no. And oh my gosh, why did you get that person as a guest or not? Or why can't you get someone more famous as a guest? And so that's a way of us you know, delivering like in a sprint review to say, here's what we delivered, the outline for the webinar and three ideas for guests that we can book. And then we plan the next week. So in a sense, we're, we're releasing that, right? We're not just coming out, you know, because if you do the whole, uh, the old waterfall thing, you're like you know, six weeks from now, we'll say we'll do a webinar. And then we show up on Tuesday morning and do the webinar and no one knows what we did or how we did it. But in this sense, we are showing progress that's one way to look at it. The other way is we just want to break up the work and do what we can this week versus next week. I keep coming back in my own work to this realization or feeling like I should actually be working more in the context of Kanban and just having more of a continuous deployment mindset. And when things are done and we can watch them and push them off the board, we should just do it. Like we shouldn't wait. When you have diverse teams and people doing lots of overlapping things that you're not going to wait until the end of the two weeks and say, okay, here's, yeah, we're going to deploy the whole thing. It's not, it's not quite as clean as we're all working on the same code base. And these are the five features that we're all going to deploy on the same date with a push. Uh, that that is correct, and that's also why we use we still use our that original Kanban board for our for our blog, and so that's continuous. You know, we're always producing mm-hmm. something on that, assuming we do our jobs right. But uh, we even do our entire editorial calendar on that thing, so we have a swim lane for every month of the year. So out in December, I know that there are four issues in there, each representing a blog on the so-called topic we're going to cover in December. And I don't know what the blog is going to be yet, but at least I know they're in there. And so you can, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing about the editorial calendar is always 
drove me nuts because then you write that up on a Word doc or a spreadsheet, then you go somewhere else to do the tasks, then you go somewhere else to write the stuff. And pretty soon things change and that original editorial calendar is just a waste of time. You never look at it again. So we just started putting it all on JIRA. And we can see whose things are assigned to, what topics are going to be, what month it should be delivered in, yeah. and all that. And and the other reason is because it's a flow. And a blog is an example of something that should just flow. Like Every week, you should publish something, and it should just be continuous. Can I ask a conversation Roland and I were having last night uh, about something else where, is there anything in your world that's still waterfall? Let me think about that. Probably, I mean, hmm. Trick question, right? It is a trick question. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I would say everything we do is scrum because sometimes we just do work that we don't put in there. Right. Um, and yet, off, off balance sheet liabilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, because, uh, you know, I just don't want to spend the extra time in a sprint planning meeting to do all that. There's just stuff I have to do. But I maybe I wouldn't call it waterfall because I don't think there's it. Now, me thinking about what waterfall is, is that we do a bunch of work and then six months later we say, ta da. And there's the whole thing. And then people go, well, how come you didn't do it this way or that way? And so there isn't much we do that way only because our culture is very open. I mean, if everything we do is in JIRA and everyone has access to every JIRA instance. So, you know, it's not like anything's a secret. Um, not that waterfall is a secret, but um, I don't really know how to answer that, to be honest, because I don't, we don't consciously do, okay, we're going to do this whole big project and make it perfect before we ship. It's not like a rock, you know, we're not making rockets. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it's a blog post. Right. And that's a question of yeah, where perfection becomes the yeah. cost of the cost of imperfection is high. So we start to think, yeah, think more and more about living in waterfall land. Yeah, it's always an interesting conversation I have with people because they say like we have a user conference coming in next June, and I mean, ultimately that's a very, very, very waterfall process. Yeah. This would be the fourth year we've done it. It's very certain what's going to happen. We will try some new things, but the unfortunately, the cadence is very predictable. Things have to be in certain places at certain times or it's just not going to happen. And, right. you know, we have this debate of, did we just create a master spreadsheet and live off of that with all the deadlines on it? And then, because there's not, a, there's not, there's really no uncertainty <laughs> for us on it. It's going to happen. It's just a question of, how you know what things look like but the on that issue even though i was i wouldn't think of that as waterfall or scrum i would my instinct now would be to do that in scrum because just to break up the work i mean for no yeah. other reason like monday morning we come in and say oh it's six months out you know yeah. maybe we should you know start writing the outline for the brochure at the booth we are doing it through our scrum process as well so yeah. I, it's just always that question of I, yeah Without the master calendar, do you do you have do you always have that run that risk of I don't have that big systematic long term view of when things you know again when the cost of missing right. the big deadline can be catastrophic around your event because you yeah. don't have that you know so you have to maybe you have that I think the question is 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 that approach breaking the work up in that way does it have the potential to actually have an, a significant impact on the experience yeah. that you're going to deliver in six months from now. I mean, is it possible that breaking up the work in that way is going to cause you to think about the event differently and to say, Hey, like here's an experience that we think we could incorporate. Maybe we can test it out at a smaller event yeah. that's happening next month. That's a really good idea. And see if it works. Yeah. And, you know, so that's where I, I think it starts to look a 
maybe a little bit more yeah, actual. You're delivering something to, to a customer and getting feedback on it. Well, guys, this has been an awesome conversation. And, uh, you know, I brush you, obviously appreciate you coming on, Bill, and, and reaching out to us. You know, we would love to try to have you back maybe next year and see how things are going and, you know, get an update and see how things are going with the book, obviously. Just as a reminder to our listeners out there, the Marketing Agility Podcast is still on iTunes. You can subscribe to it. We post things there and people pull it down. We still have our audience, amazingly, after a long break over the summer. Um, we also have a lot of guests on the calendar. I, I, I did a bunch of proactive outreach in the last two weeks and have like three or four other people. We have another one recording this week. So good news is we're going to have probably a chock full uh, schedule in January and February of guests. So please let us know. And again, if you know anyone or you have a story to tell, your practitioner um, you want to tell us your story like like Bill and please you know go to go to agilemarketingblog.com to fill out the form otherwise everyone please have a great day and stay agile